0: Welcome back to the Cold Comedy Show. How's everyone doing? I'm your host, Ricky Cole. Yesterday I dropped treason. This is... This is... Betray your constitution. I'm listening to the hearing the Donald Trump impeachment trial for the second time. And it's funny because when you're listening to these guys present the evidence, it's overwhelming. But you have some who don't believe it because they're not getting the information. Because they refuse to accept the truth. You listen to Fox News, Newsmax, News 1, right-wing propaganda. This is a civil war in. we're looking at it right now. Those who are impeaching Donald Trump, trying to expose those who are in the Senate and the House of Representatives, see who they what side they on. Is they on the side of democracy, or are they on the side of tyranny? See, Donald Trump was their weapon, um, and he was like a bowling ball. I mean, they got everything they wanted. So, you know, the court full of right wing nuts, um, tax cuts for the rich corporate friends you know they didn't care if black folks died pick yourselves up you know they took care of their rich you know white mostly friends the ones who jumped ship were thinking about if this ship went south what's going to happen to our reputation that's why you know trump people jump but not all of them we still have lindsey graham ted cruz marco rubio um holly um but those other ones Susan Collins and all the rest of them go along to get along, but, you know, I'm not really right, son. Yes, lies. Yes. No, she's a racist. Um, whew. You know, um, Mitch O'Connell, well, I haven't made my mind yet. I haven't decided. Bullshit. He went along with everything. He rubber-stamped everything Trump did. See, the problem with America is we don't want to accept the truth. You know, yesterday I watched it. I couldn't believe the sadness on um, on, on, on on Mr. Schumer's face. You know, S- Senator Schumer been there for God knows since the 80s, I think, or late 80s. And Mitch O'Connell been there for 30-some years, too. You think about it you really think about it, and Susan Blackburn, all these motherfuckers been there, and all of this time, like, you working with someone who are traitors, you know, it's like, you know, I, I said it a while back, it's like, you go back and watch Captain America meet uh, Falcon and uh, finding out that S.H.I.E.L.D. is really Hydra, it's like, it's a shock to Captain America, and it's like wow, it's like happening here. It's a shock to the to the Repu- to the Democrats and some Republicans. But if you really is that shocking, you're a Republican. Get away from the party, man. You know, get away. Show your loyalty to the country by walking away. You know, they're putting all the blame on on those nuts who ran up there and stormed the Capitol. But those people was brainwashed by right-wing media and the president Donald A- J. Trump. They was beating people up in the fucking what? When it, when he would start running. And he ran on bigotry. Obama wasn't born in the country. Fed into the fears that Sarah Palin couldn't connect. Rupert Murdoch, Roger Hell, all the motherfuckers profit off of Sending America down that fucking spiral. Because they're from the Nixon times. They're from Nixon fucking times. When they grabbed that Southern strategy, they ran with it. And the day on the cold comedy show, I'm going to let you listen to that shit. Because it was the war on drugs. We got civil rights from Lyndon Johnson. We got the war on drugs from Richard Nixon. The war on drugs from fucking Ronald Reagan. And between them two motherfuckers, we was in limbo with Ford. Jimmy Carter come along, y'all fucked it up so bad that Blackfoot was in our employment lines. Not only Nixon thought of fucking, fucking us up with the war on drugs, they hated liberals. That's why they took the jobs. They didn't like union jobs. So when you hear a motherfucking right winger talking about, well, that was union jobs during the pipeline. Those are millions of jobs. That's bullshit. You're running a pipeline from Canada down to Texas so the Coke brothers can benefit it from fucking taking the fucking, um, dirty tar sand, turning it into kerosene and send the shit overseas. But it doesn't benefit us. It benefits them, but they convince enough assholes, "Well, oh my God, I lost my job. Uh, d- dude, everybody lost their fucking job. It's a job. It's a job. They lie. They constantly lie to people. and I always said, if you had your listeners' best interest at heart, you would try to tell the truth close to the truth you can get but not just outright hinting in that shit and Tucker Carlson and don't forget Laura Ingraham's and all that crazy shit and you're listening to this fucking shit and you're watching the Democrats and you're watching the Republicans who know who know the truth that's why Joe Biden don't want to be bothered with it they was fucking with Joe about his son well the boy did coke and took his laptop to the To the dealer, and next thing you know, the dealer cracked the code and bam, all of this shit about China. There lies, corporate rich men playing this game. You know, I wonder why is Harley and Ted Cruz so goddamn comfortable and Lindsey Graham is so willing to go out on the edge. And Mitch O'Connell was so goddamn quiet. Normally, he's mumbling in some fucking white nationalist hall talking about, well, oh, Mike, I'm a bug turned president. He ain't said shit. Except, I'm undecided after all of this shit. You still understand? You, you know what the fuck you're doing. He delayed the game. Now they're trying to fucking pitch. At least get enough bunch so they can get home. That's bullshit. This is what's happening to our country. Our country is falling. Falling the fuck down. It's down on its knee. The world see the real face of America. It's fucking ugly. It really is. Because let me tell you something. How the fuck can you be so fucked and racist? The
1: average big story In the united states in 2020 with the exception of covid lasted something like 72 hours it didn't matter what it was it was three days and it was out of the consciousness which i think speaks to a lot of who we are and what we are and how we consume and process information but also just how quickly these things can be forgotten and sort
0: of compartmentalized and put away as american as I can be. I hate to see what's happening to our democracy. I'm listening to these brothers argue, pushing the Republicans into a corner. Those who are willing to commit treason for whatever political game they think they're gonna get out of it. This is about us. It's about what type of country we want in the future to leave to our grandchildren. Because our kids already, some of us, our kids are already living through this. You know, if you can sit here and listen to the arguments that they have been making not the whole thing, but just listen. They're telling you. This is up to us. We the people to save our democracy. We have 70 million people. Who was brainwashed and activated to be stupid. They have militias, they have private gangs, and, and they listen to their media platforms. And they want to take America, with inf- misinformation as one of their tools, into the world that Donald Trump likes we seen what it looks like. We lived through it for fucking four years. It wasn't pretty. They didn't give a shit about us. Not one goddamn thing. And it showed you who they are when they said that we stole the election when they was planning stealing it from us because black folks voted. gonna find out. See, we know Donald Trump is a traitor and the rest of those people are traitors. But who's in the Senate? We know Lindsey Graham is, but we want him to put it on paper. We'll see Mitch O'Connell, who he really is. He has two faces. Let's see which face is really the one he wears. Is he a patriot or not? You know, I'm going to let you guys listen to the ending of the closing of the argument about impeaching Donald Trump by these brilliant lawyers. This is the most, I mean, they came out and they hit hard and they was on point. Just check this out. I can't say no more. This is crazy.
1: And on that day, that day, where did he direct the crowd's ire? He directed them here to Congress. He quite literally, in one part of that speech, pointed at us. He told them to fight like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. And here's the thing, that wasn't metaphorical. It wasn't rhetorical. He already made it, perfectly clear that when he said fight he meant it and that when followers in fact fought when they engaged in violence that he praised and honored them as patriots he implied that it was okay to break the law because the election was being stolen you heard it you remember the clip that manager dean showed you earlier in this trial He told them, quote is on the screen, when you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Remember how all of his supporters, some of his supporters across social media were treating this as a war, talking about bringing in the cavalry? Well, President Trump made clear what those different rules were. He'd been making it clear For months.
0: So. Let's have
2: trial by combat. And
3: Rudy, you did a great job. He's got guts. You know what? He's got guts. Unlike a lot of people in the Republican Party. He's got guts. He fights.
1: His message was crystal clear. And it was understood immediately, instantly, by his followers. And we don't have to guess. We don't have to guess as to how they reacted. We can look at how people reacted to what he said. You saw them. And you saw the violence. It's pretty simple. He said it, and they did it. And we know this because they told us. They told us in real time during the attack. You saw the affidavits, the interviews, on social media, on live TV. They were doing this for him because he asked them to. And it wasn't just insurrectionists who confirmed this. Many, many people, including current and former officials, immediately recognized that the president had incited the crowd, that he alone was capable of stopping the violence, that he did this and he had to call it off because he was the only one who could. Let's see what Representative McCarthy, Representative Gallagher, Chris Christie, Representative Kinzinger, and Representative Katko had to say. I could not be better or more disappointed with the way our country looks at this very moment. People are getting hurt. Anyone involved in this, you're hearing me hearing very loud and clear. This is not the American way. Mr. President, you have got to stop this. You are the only person who can call this off. Call it off. Pretty simple. Um, The president um, caused this
2: protest to occur. He's the only one who can make it stop. What the president said is not good enough.
1: The president has to come out and, and tell his supporters to leave the Capitol grounds and to allow the
3: Congress to do their business peacefully. Anything short of that is an abrogation of his responsibility. You know, a guy that knows how to, how to tweet very aggressively on Twitter, you know, puts out one of the weakest statements and one of the saddest days in American history.
2: The president's role in this insurrection is undeniable, both on social media ahead of January 6th and in his speech that day. He deliberately promoted baseless theories creating a combustible environment of misinformation and division. To allow the president of the United States to incite this attack without consequences
1: is a direct threat to the future of this democracy. Did the president encourage violence? Yes. No doubt that he did. Final question. Did the president act willfully in his actions that encouraged violence? Well, let's look at the facts. He stood before an armed, angry crowd known to be ready for violence at his provocation. And what did he do? He provoked them. He aimed them here, told them to fight like hell. And that's exactly what they did. And his conduct ...throughout the rest of that terrible day, really only confirms that he acted willfully. I mean, That he incited the crowd and then engaged in a dereliction of duty while he continued inflaming the violence. And again, we don't have to guess what he thought because he told us. Remember the video he released at 4.17 p.m.? Lead Manager Raskin showed that to you yesterday. The one where he said, quote, we had an election that was stolen from us. Remember the tweet that he put out just a couple hours later, 6.01 p.m. on January 6th. You've seen it many times. You can see it on the slide. That these are the things that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away. That is what he was focused on spreading the big lie and praising the mob that attacked us and our government. You heard manager Cicilline describe reports. The president was delighted, enthusiastic, confused that others didn't share his excitement as he watched the attack unfold on TV. He cared more about pressing his efforts to overturn the election than he did about saving lives, our lives. Look at what President Trump did that day after the rally. It's important. He did virtually nothing. We've seen Manager Castro mentioned this, that when President Trump wants to stop something, he does so simply, easily, quickly. But aside from four tweets and a short clip during the over five-hour-long
0: attack, he did nothing.
1: On January 6th, he didn't condemn the attack. He didn't condemn the attackers. Didn't say that he would send help to defend us or defend law enforcement. He didn't react to the violence with shock or horror or dismay as we did. He didn't immediately rush to Twitter and demand in the clearest possible terms that the mob disperse, that they stop it, that they retreat. Instead, he issued messages in the afternoon that sided with them, the insurrectionists, who had left police officers battered and bloodied. He reacted exactly the way someone would react if they were delighted. And exactly unlike how a person would react if they were angry at how their followers were acting. Again, ask yourself how many lives would have been saved? How much pain and trauma would have been avoided if he had reacted the way that a president of the United States is supposed to act? There are two parts... But President Trump's failure here, his dereliction of duty—that I just have to emphasize for a moment. First, is what he did to Vice President Mike Pence, the Vice President of the United States of America. His own Vice President was in this building with an armed mob shouting, "Hang him!" The same armed mob that set up gallows outside. You saw those pictures. And what did President Trump do? He attacked him more. He singled him out by name. It's honestly hard to fathom. Second, our law enforcement. The brave officers who are sacrificing their lives to defend us, who could not evacuate or seek cover because they were protecting us. I'm I'm not going to go through again what my fellow manager showed you yesterday, but let me just say this. Those officers serve us faithfully and dutifully, and they follow their oaths. They deserved a president who upholds his, who would not risk their lives and safety to retain power a president who would preserve, protect, and defend them. But that's not what he did. When they, the police, still barricaded and being attacked with poles, he said in his video to the people attacking them, we love you, you're very special. what more could we possibly need to know about president trump's state of mind senators the evidence is clear we showed you statements videos affidavits that prove president trump incited an insurrection an insurrection that he alone had the power to stop. And the fact that he didn't stop it, the fact that he incited a lawless attack and abdicated his duty to defend us from it, the fact that he actually further inflamed the mob, further inflamed that mob, attacking his vice president while assassins were pursuing him in this capital, more than requires conviction, and disqualification. We humbly, humbly ask you to convict President Trump for the crime for which he is overwhelmingly guilty of. Because if you don't, if we pretend this didn't happen, or worse, if we let it go unanswered, Who's to say it won't happen
0: again? Now the Republican Party is in the corner. It's setting them up. This is the setup. Brilliant. Brilliant setup. Then we're gonna see who love our country and those who was down with the overthrow of our democracy. See, there's a lot of people out there right now distracted, not paying attention, and don't know what to believe. But if you're paying attention, this is this is heavy shit, because we're watching our democracy fight to live. She's on life support right now. Yeah, Joe in there, but think about it. If we don't correct this shit now, we might not be so lucky next time. Let's listen a little bit more to this stuff.
2: Mr. President, members of the Senate, first of all, thank you for your close attention and seriousness of purpose that you've demonstrated over the last few days. Thank you also for your courtesy to the House managers as we've come over here, strangers in a strange land, uh, to make our case before this distinguished and august body. Uh, We are about to close, and I am proud that our managers have been so disciplined and so focused. I think we are closing uh, somewhere between five and six hours under the time that you have allotted to us. Uh, But we think we have been able to tell you everything we need to say. We will obviously have the opportunity to address your questions and then to do uh, to do a, a final closing when we get there. I just wanted to leave you with a few thoughts. Um, and again, I'm not gonna re-traumatize you by going through the evidence. Once again, I just wanted to leave you with a few uh, thoughts to consider as you enter upon uh, this very high and difficult duty that you have to render impartial justice in this case, as you have all sworn to do. And I wanted to start simply by saying that in the history of humanity, democracy is an extremely rare and fragile and precarious and transitory thing. Abraham Lincoln knew that when he spoke from the battlefield and vowed that government of the people, by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth But he was speaking not long after the Republic was created and He was trying to prove that point that we would not allow it to perish from the earth For most of history the norm has been dictators autocrats Bullies Despots tyrants cowards who take over our governments For most of the history of the world and that's why America is such a miracle. We were founded on the extraordinary principles of the inalienable rights of the people, and the consent of the governed, and the fundamental equality of all of us. You know, when Lincoln said, government of the people, by the people, and for the people, and he harkened back to the Declaration of Independence when he said four score seven years ago. Um, He knew that that wasn't how we started. We started imperfectly. We started as a slave republic, Lincoln knew that. But he was struggling to make the country better. And however flawed the founders were as men in their times, they inscribed in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution all the beautiful principles that we needed to open America up to successive waves of political struggle and constitutional change and transformation in the country. So we really would become something much more like Lincoln's beautiful vision of government of the people, by the people, and for the people, the world's greatest multiracial, multi-religious, multi-ethnic, constitutional democracy, the envy of the world. As Tom Paine said, an asylum for humanity, where people would come. Think about the preamble. Those first three words, pregnant with such meaning, we the people. And then all of the purposes of our government put into that one action-packed sentence. We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and preserve to ourselves and our posterity the blessings of liberty. And then, right after that first sentence, the mission statement for America in the Constitution What happens? Article 1. The Congress is created. All legislative powers herein are reserved to the Congress of the United States. You see what just happened? The sovereign power of the people to launch the country and create the Constitution flowed right into Congress. And then you get in Article 1, Section 8, comprehensive, vast powers that all of you know so well. The power to regulate Commerce, domestically, internationally, the power to declare war, the power to raise budgets and taxes and to spend money, the power to govern the seat of government, and on and on and on. And then even in Article 1, Section 8, Clause 18, and all other powers necessary and proper to the execution of the foregoing powers, that's all of us. And then you get to Article 2, the president, four short paragraphs, and the fourth paragraph is all about what? Impeachment, how you get rid of a president who commits high crimes and misdemeanors. But what's the core job of the president? To take care that the laws are faithfully executed. And our framers were so fearful of presidents becoming tyrants and wanting to become kings and despots that they put the oath of office right into the Constitution. They inscribed it into the Constitution to preserve protect and defend the constitution of the united states we've got the power to impeach the president the president doesn't have the power to the power to impeach us think about that the popular branch of government has the power to impeach the president the president does not have the power to impeach us and as i said before All of us who aspire and attain a public office are nothing but the servants of the people. And the way the framers would have it is the moment that we no longer acted as servants of the people, but as masters of the people, as violators of the people's rights, that was the time to impeach, remove, convict, disqualify, start all over again. Because the interests of the people are so much greater than the interests of one person, any one person, even the greatest person in the country. The interests of the people are what count. Now when we sit down and we close, our distinguished counterparts, the defense counsel, who have waited very patiently and thank you, will stand up and seek to defend the president's conduct on the facts, as I think they will. It has already been decided by the Senate on Tuesday that the Senate has constitutional jurisdiction over this impeachment case brought to you by the United States House of Representatives. So we've put that jurisdictional, constitutional issue to bed. It is over. It's already been voted on. This is a trial on the facts of what happened. And incitement, as we said, is a fact-intensive investigation and judgment that each of you will have to make. We've made our very best effort to set forth every single relevant fact that we know in the most objective and honest light. We trust and we hope that the defense will understand the constitutional gravity and solemnity of this trial by focusing like a laser beam on the facts and not return to the constitutional argument that's already been decided by the Senate. Just as a defense lawyer who loses a motion to dismiss on a constitutional basis in a criminal case must let that go and then focus on the facts which are being presented by the prosecutors in detail, they must let this constitutional jurisdictional argument go. Not just because it's frivolous and wrong, as nearly every expert scholar in America opined but because it's not relevant to the jury's consideration of the facts of the case so our friends must work to answer all of the overwhelming detailed specific factual and documentary evidence we have introduced of the president's clear and overwhelming guilt in inciting in inciting violent insurrection against the union Donald Trump last week turned down our invitation to come testify about his actions and therefore we've not been able to ask him any questions directly as of this point. Therefore during the course of their 16 hour allotted presentation we would pose these preliminary questions to his lawyers which I think are on everyone's minds right now in which we would have asked Mr. Trump himself if he had chosen to come and testify about his actions and inactions when we invited him last week. one, Why did President Trump not tell his supporters to stop the attack on the Capitol as soon as he learned of it? Why did President Trump do nothing to stop the attack for at least two hours after the attack began? As our Constitutional Commander-in-Chief, why did he do nothing to send help to our overwhelmed and besieged law enforcement officers for at least two hours on January 16th after the attack began? On January 6th, why did President Trump not at any point that day condemn the violent insurrection and the insurrectionists? And I'll add a legal question that I hope Um, His distinguished counsel will address if a president did invite a violent insurrection against our government, as of course we allege and think we've proven in this case, but just in general, if a president incited a violent insurrection against our government, would that be a high crime and misdemeanor? Can we all agree at least on that? Senators, um, I've talked a lot about common sense in this trial because I think I believe that's all you need to arrive at the right answer here. You know, when Tom Paine wrote Common Sense, the pamphlet that launched the American Revolution, he said that common sense really meant two different things. One, common sense is the understanding that we all have without advanced learning and education. Common sense is the sense accessible to everybody. But common sense is also the sense that we all have in common as a community. Senators, America, we need to exercise our common sense about what happened. Let's not get caught up in a lot of outlandish lawyers' theories here. Exercise your common sense.
0: common sense. You know, I had to let you guys listen to that. The Republicans... <laughs> are gonna be exposed. In the House and in the Senate. In a the corner. They're gonna come out like a... Rabbit. Raccoon. Scratching, fighting, biting... Lying, cheating, deflecting. But they're in the corner now. You know this is uh, you know this is bigger than Donald Trump. When they created Fox, talk radio, right-wing talk radio, by the way, they were sowing the seed for this to happen. Instead of helping poor people. They fed poor whites poison. It's the browns. It's the blacks. And we're all suffering while they get richer. Some of those rich men felt that if we can destroy democracy in America, we can destroy democracy anywhere. Who cares about the poor? Hmm. Donald Trump we see who the Republican Party is. And after the arguments by two, next Tuesday, it'll be over by Wednesday, and we'll see who the Republican Party really is. Those who are patriots and those who are not. They're in a corner. Wow. They painted them in a corner you listen to the Cold Comedy Show. I'll be back um, tomorrow with more of this crazy impeachment. Stay safe. Keep your mask on. Happy Valentine's Day. Stay alert. This shit's getting crazy. You better listen to the Cold Comedy Show. Talk to you later. Think about lawyers. The educated liars. You know, they just know how to manipulate the law to benefit their client. So if you a good bullshitter, which a lot of these senators and representatives, most of them are lawyers. So you know the bullshit game. But what gets me, when you know your client is guilty. You have to defend them You still have to bring that BS Because you want to convince The jury Well If it's the senate Half a man on this shit But The jury to Let your client go If he's guilty And if he's innocent It should be easy To defend And present the evidence To prove that This guy is guilty and he's not innocent, but if he's guilty and he's trying to say he's innocent, you need a good bullshit lawyer. And Donald Trump went out there with Ted Cruz and the rest of those clowns and they have a bullshit defense. BS, straight up BS, what is him? Same shit you hear on Fox News, News One, Sinclair Broadcast, and Newsmax. All of that. They're like, they took all of that bullshit and brought it out to the public to argue why Donald Trump shouldn't be impeached. Which we know he wasn't going to be impeached. You know, this is all a game to expose the traitors that are inside of our government. We know Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio. Lindsey Graham and the rest of them motherfuckers are traitors. But where are the rest of them? Who are they? The ones you've known, like Chuck Schumer, known to some of them for fucking years. The people you serve with is betraying the government that you're supposed to protect. You hear what I'm saying? Now, their argument is, this is what is them. What about Black Lives Matter, Antifa? It's Antifa's fault. anti fascist by the way. That's what it means. But they're not going to break it down to you because they don't need that. Because what we're working with and what we're dealing with are fascists. See, people took to the streets and marched and was telling you Trump pants must go. No one listened. No one didn't fund them. They was protesting because they know what's happening to our country. You know, when I stood on the stage and I made jokes about, hey, um, we shouldn't let old folks vote. Most of Trump voters are white. You know, but have, why didn't they put Harry Tubman on the twenty dollar bill? You know, you think you know they lost their mind and all that bullshit. But they lost their mind listening to Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingraham, Ross Levinball. Oh my God, Mark Levin! White, this is a they was planning this shit. This just didn't happen on the, this is this is what Donald. They all they needed was. Like, you know, when you're building a piece of fucking car and you know it's all together, well, you do that fucking part that make that fucker run. Donald Trump was it. He was the thing that they needed. They tried Bush. He didn't do it. Reagan, he didn't do it. He did it, but he didn't do it the way they wanted to do it. Donald Trump was a white nationalist dream. Joe Biden knows who these motherfuckers are. He served with them. He just can't believe that they would betray the Constitution. But it's not the first time that should happen. White supremacy been running this country and writing the laws for this country for fucking decades and centuries. It's up to us, American people, to stop the bullshit and the BS and realize that in our Senate, in our state houses, in our neighborhoods, in our local communities, there are white supremacists who believe in a certain concept of America that we don't understand because we didn't understand the past. We ignored it. But you go back into the past of the history of America and you realize that that shit was part of us. It is us. That's who America is. It's white supremacy. Joe Biden can ignore it. Yes, he's Irish, he's been discriminated against, but he's white and Catholic. This whole thing, you know, this whole thing ever since Reconstruction, was about the southern white man taking control of the country that he's visions. He put his judges, his lawyers, his representatives in places. They always vote Republican. You ask them why, they always tell you, because my grandpappy did. Then they bring up the Democrats with the southern segregation. It's not telling you that they switch parties. Now, with that said, Let's listen to this bullshit argument, and this P.S. Bullshit. For the former president,
3: have 16 hours to make the presentation of their case, and the Senate uh, will hear the counsel now. the presentation of the case for the former president go ahead good afternoon senators mr president the article of impeachment now before the senate is an unjust and blatantly unconstitutional act of political vengeance This appalling abuse of the Constitution only further divides our nation when we should be trying to come together around shared priorities. Like ever, like every other politically motivated witch hunt the left has engaged in over the past four years. This impeachment is completely divorced from the facts, the evidence and the interests of the American people the Senate should promptly and decisively vote to reject it. No thinking person could seriously believe that the president's January 6th speech on the ellipse was in any way an incitement to violence or insurrection. The suggestion is patently absurd on its face. Nothing in the text could ever be construed as encouraging condoning or enticing unlawful activity of any kind. Far from promoting insurrection against the United States, the president's remarks explicitly encouraged those in attendance to exercise their rights peacefully and patriotically. Peaceful and patriotic protest is the very antithesis of a violent assault on the nation's capital. The House impeachment article slanderously alleges that the president intended for the crowd at the Ellipse to, quote, interfere with the joint session's solemn constitutional duty to certify the results of the 2020 presidential election. This is manifestly disproven by the plain text of the remarks. The president devoted nearly his entire speech to an extended discussion of how legislators should vote on the question at hand. Instead of expressing a desire that the joint session be prevented from conducting its business, the entire premise of his remarks was that the democratic process would and should play out according to the letter of the law including both the Constitution and the Electoral Count Act. In the conclusion of his remarks, he then laid out a series of legislative steps that should be taken to improve democratic accountability going forward, such as passing universal voter ID legislation, banning ballot harvesting, requiring proof of citizenship to vote, and turning out strong in the next primaries. Not only President, these are not the words of someone inciting a violent insurrection. Not only President Trump's speech on January 6th, but indeed his entire challenge to the election results was squarely focused on how the proper civic process could address any concerns through the established legal and constitutional system. The president brought his case before state and federal courts, the US Supreme Court, the state legislatures, the electoral college, and ultimately the US Congress. In the past, numerous other candidates for president have used many of the same processes to pursue their own election challenges. As recently as 2016, the Clinton campaign brought multiple post-election court cases, demanded recounts, and ridiculously declared the election stolen by Russia. Many Democrats even attempted to persuade the Electoral College delegates to overturn the 2016 results. House Manager Raskin objected to the certification of President Trump's victory four years ago, along with many of his colleagues. You'll remember it was Joe Biden who had to gavel them down.
2: I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified.
1: I object to the votes from the state of Wisconsin, which were not, should not be legally certified. certified. Debate. Right Mr. President, I object to the certificate from the state of Georgia on the grounds that the electoral vote would no no not. Debate.
3: There's no debate. Does I object to a certificate uh, from the state of North Carolina? I object
1: to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. Um,
0: I object. I object to the certificate from the state of Alabama. The electors were not lawfully certified. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yes, Mr. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. The objection cannot
3: be entertained. County is uh, not an order. Ballot.
1: Even with the eighty no circuit. Is It signed the American American there is
2: signed by a debate there is no debate the in the Russian joint government. session?
1: There's no debate. There is
3: no debate. There is no, no debate. Please come to order. <laughs> the objection cannot be received. Section 18, 18 there's Title there's 3 of the United States Code prohibits debate in the joint session. I do
1: not wish to debate. I wish to ask, is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter There is no debate. There is no debate. The
2: gentlewoman will suspend...
0: now this what is they ran back and went back to September I mean excuse me January 2017 when they were swearing Donald Trump in for president now they're going to say people protested people was protesting Donald Trump The reason people was protesting Donald Trump in the Senate because Hillary Clinton was was a better person. Hillary Clinton also begged this Electoral College not to go there. You're making a mistake. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. See, Hillary knew who Donald Trump was working for. It's not Russia. It's right here in the United States. Some very wealthy separatists. It's willing to overthrow our government along with some foreign separatists. In England, France, Germany. In the Baltics. Over there where you go back close to Russia, Poland, Czechoslovakia. This is it. This is what it looks like. the rot that was here in America and in Europe showing its ugly faces now they playing this what is them see the Democrats they were protesting Donald Trump election why can't the Republicans do the same Democrats did not storm the Capitol Democrats did not plan the coup see Steve Bannon got his ass drunk I said it in my other podcast and he spilled the beans he should stay his ass off of fucking YouTube you know, we all know Roger Stones is a snake. They're playing this game. Does you know what? Law and order is nothing more than blacks and liberals. Let's break that down. So when he played his law and order bullshit, <laughs> it's from Richard Nixon game, baby. You know, they did not like blacks being cool. Even though we had Mod Squad on TV, Went out in 12. Black cop just had one line. That's it. That's the game. They don't want you with rights. You know, we're still fighting a secret civil war. And these motherfuckers are winning because the Southern white men have whooped our asses so many times. Because the Northern white men are always, let's get along. Southern white man put his judges in places, his lawyers, his representatives. Learn how the Constitution worked to fuck it over, to keep you from having shit. You don't give a fuck about the poor getting poor. Never have, never will. You know, they outsource the jobs, bring the Mexicans to pick, take the jobs, and turn around and say you don't have no jobs because it's their fault. The brown people, no, the black people over there, their communities are crying. They don't want no jobs. Poke yourself... Pick yourself up with your bootstraps while they give Wall Street all types of cuts and deals and billions of dollars on military equipment. Brag about how well the economy doing when you know the economy ain't shit. Brainwash you with their media. And bullshit you with what is them. Let's finish listening to some of this bullshit. 2000 the dispute over the outcome was taken all the
3: way to the Supreme Court which ultimately rendered a decision to litigate questions of election integrity within the system is not incitement to resurrection it is the democratic system working as the founders and lawmakers have designed to claim that the president in any way wished desired or encourage lawless or violent behavior is a preposterous and monstrous lie. In fact, the first two messages the president sent via Twitter once the incursion of the Capitol began were, stay peaceful and no violence because we are the party of law and order. The gathering on January 6th was supposed to be a peaceful event. Make no mistake about that and the overwhelming majority of those in attendance remained peaceful. As everyone knows, the president had spoken at hundreds of large rallies across the country over the past five years. There had never been any mob-like or riotous behaviors, and in fact, a significant portion of each event was devoted to celebrating the rule of law, protecting our Constitution and honoring the men and women of law enforcement contrast the president's repeated combinations of violence with the rhetoric from his opponents I am your president of law and order and an ally of all peaceful protesters.
0: The vast majority of the, of the protesters are been peaceful. <laughs> Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence. Mayhem and disorder.
1: There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law enforcement. And, and you push back on you, and you tell them Never defund our police.
2: Together, we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order. I'd take him behind the him and beat the hell out
3: of him. I think you need to go back and punch him in the face. I feel like punching him? We just want law and order. Everybody wants that. I want to tell you, boys, I want to tell you, kavanaugh You have released the whirlwind. And you okay
2: pay
0: price.
2: We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful.
3: We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order.
0: You hear that BS bullshit? This is what is them? This is the game that they're playing. What is them? What is them? What if uh you know Lord, the Democrats did this right? Now it's your fault that the Capitol got stormed because the first person was from Antifa. Fucking Antifa. You know, I can't go on with this. Um This is part one. Of what is them? I'll be right back with part two.